CuntCast podcast is rated not safe for work. Urban Dictionary describes it as internet content generally inappropriate for the typical workplace, i.e. would not be acceptable in the presence of your boss and colleagues. All of these definitions apply. As a result, we will provide you with 15 seconds of pleasant, non-offensive music for you to advance to the next program, acquire headphones, or lock all available doors and windows for a proper sensual cunt cast experience. Please, be safe out there and enjoy the program. subjects you're listening to a broadcast of the cuntcast podcast a conversation with a classily characterized cunt carefully crafted with cognizant courage to champion conscientious consummation i'm your host jaylory and i am joined at the hip to mr ed ram freeman what's up what's going on um we're back we are Getting it in before uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, I'm trying to forget Thanksgiving is happening. <laughs> um, what's going on? What's wrong with Thanksgiving? I mean, I don't like Thanksgiving. Uh, I think Thanksgiving is tremendously overrated. But I have, you know. Yeah, no. Well, I feel yeah, like Thanksgiving makes me into like the pinko commie liberal stereotype where I'm just like, Oh, so pass me the taters while we celebrate blind consumerism and overconsumption, mom. But that is totally who I am at Thanksgiving, and I know I'm insufferable. And uh, I I wish I could help it, but I can't. And I won't. Uh, oh. Okay. I'm that family member. <laughs> An invitation to Thanksgiving for me means... Um, I'm just going to be really cranky about capitalism. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what I find is um, most people are not as good at cooking as they say. And it's never really a big deal until Thanksgiving where they try to essentially have like a Super Bowl for their own ability to cook. And then when the lights are the brightest and everyone gathers around, you discover that this person is not nearly as good of a cook as they say. And um, you just have to kind of grin and bear it. Also, Turkey is a scam. Turkey is a racist, capitalist, white supremacist scam <laughs> all around. Like, it's not good. You know, turkey is never good. It takes an expert to prepare good turkey. Most people, there are so many more turkeys than experts. It is laughable. Turkey is a scam. I have made really great turkey, and I realize even really great turkey is still not that good. Right. <laughs> so the last time I made a full Thanksgiving 
day dinner, which was ruined by my ex who got drunk and never showed up. So everything was a little drier than I liked. But I digress. I made like a 23 pound turkey because we got it for free. We did that shop right thing where you buy things and they reward you with dead meat. But my brother was supposed to pick up the turkey. And instead of picking up a relatively small bird, because it was only going to be about like five, six people, he got a 23 pound monster bird. And uh, so I had to cook that, which took forever. Uh, And I figured, you know, I don't like turkey. So I made a whole bunch of other stuff to for me to eat because I wasn't planning on eating turkey. Uh, Unbeknownst to me that nobody else that we invited planned to eat turkey either. So we had 23 pounds of this giant, very well-dressed, very pretty turkey that nobody was interested in. Right. And I feel that is every Thanksgiving. Yes. Um, turkey serves a very unique purpose well after things. The problem is, is the um, best part of turkey is when you start putting it into salads and sandwiches. And you can't do that immediately. Like what should be the protocol is you have like a meal and then if you're still hungry, you can take this big bird with meat on it and put it into whatever you can fucking make in the kitchen. So, like, you take the turkey and you can then turn it into sandwiches. You can put it in salad. You could throw it on whatever. You can just cut off pieces. So, like, you know how it's rude to take chunks, like, to take individual parts of the Thanksgiving meal for yourself? So, you have to take a whole plate. But what if you want it to be rude? I was told it was rude. So what if there's like the turkey exists for you to just pick this meat apart as you see fit? So you can, in fact, be as rude as possible. If you just want to cut off a slice of it and put it on a plate and walk around just chewing on this piece of meat, you can do that. If you want to put if you want to put it in a sandwich, if you want to make a salad, whatever it is. So with this whole chunk of meat here where the meat is so average that we don't really care what you do with it, as opposed to the ham or like a chicken, which is delicious. We don't want you fucking around with it. Have that at Thanksgiving as part of the ceremony. Uh, I think we only eat turkey because we need to like thin their numbers because they're all like unrepentant thugs. I don't know if you've like dealt with a turkey out in the wild. They're on par with Canadian geese, but way bigger. And I've, I've had to run away from like a gang of wild turkeys and it's not fun. Yeah. No, um, that's a very new jersey sentence. <laughs> oh no no it's not we there is a um there's a guy here in um oakland in um uh, piedmont where they keep the whites all like they, they spawn from there they um there's a guy who famously has a gang a motorcycle gang of turkeys where he walks and he's trailed by six turkeys and you can't do anything but wait for the turkeys to get all past in the street but you don't tell anything because it's like does he control the turkeys are the turkeys under control? Are they like, are they, are they like, whatever happens, if he tells what the turkey. What did he do to earn those turkeys' respect? That's what I'm saying. It's like, it's all bad. Like, the dude for him to be followed by turkeys of all animals means that something terrible happens somewhere to someone else. And if he doesn't have the respect of the turkeys, then they're just keeping, they're just feeding this, he's just feeding this crazed biker gang of just violent criminals all over the, and they're just walking around the city walking around this neighborhood so yes yeah that's a problem 
<laughs> I'm happy. Unfortunately, I used to work where it was the last stop on the train. And for whatever reasons, the turkeys would just chill there. So late at night, I'd be on this platform and I would just hear, and I'd be like, oh no, they're coming. And I would have to like hide from like just this roving gang of turkeys. <laughs> that turkeys and chicken, I don't feel bad about eating because they're basically nature's just bucket assholes. And I don't know, at me, PETA, I don't care. I mean, you're not wrong. And also, it's Thanksgiving. Like, it's all centered around the murder of this animal. I imagine that the I imagine that um, given the inherent vile, like if who who started who started the turkey thing? I I don't know. As a, I'm wondering because it's like, I wonder if turkeys are just kind of a thing that happened because well, this is. I think we just eat them because they're like so American. Because apparently, like nobody else has turkeys right and Even i went in turkey which i'm like i figured they would have turkeys i want to see no. the story about the first person because i like to think that it was a problematic white guy and he was out there <laughs> looking for other animals but he just got into like this we got into it with this angry turkey and slaughtered it and just brought it home to eat it and it's like people are like you know the turkey you know jebediah this this isn't that great and he's like what did you say and everyone's like nothing that, that, that just <laughs> <clears throat> it's great it's fantastic and then the thanksgiving tradition started when a very violent man killed a very violent bird and forced everyone in his family to eat it because they couldn't do any of the proper proper farming or hunting because they couldn't anyway they weren't good at this living so it seems like a very white american settler thing to do is to kill some bird in a rage and then force everyone else to eat it because they could not find a better bird just a big giant stupid bird taking up space right and it just irritated this dude and he just murdered it. And that was it. They, I'm certain someone told him to look for maybe this bird or that bird. And he's like, nah, fuck this bird. I'm done. Fuck this shit. We're eating it. I mean, I don't know how turkey became the biggest draw for Thanksgiving when we have like pumpkin pie, which I feel is the quintessential Thanksgiving meal. Also, like fresh pumpkin pie for whatever reason is one of my horny smells um explain you don't have like certain smells that just like get you a little bit horny like it, not because there's like a sexual stimuli but you just it's kind of like hearing rain or um, I'm not no, I'm not I, knocking you. I'm I not feel very exposed. Right oh no 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 no! I am not like you are being weird. Now I am thinking back about now. I'm thinking you're not. You're fine. I'm thinking about it. Hmm. Because I mean, there are smells that get you a little horny because you associate them with something sexual, like the the the. My ex used to smoke Marlboros, and. I used to think that was a disgusting smell, but then I started associating with, you know, getting banged out to it. So then I'm just, it was like kind of like Pavlov's dog. Oh, I understand. Um, I'm, tr I'm trying to think. Um, hmm. No, I. Hmm. Okay. I dated someone. Oh, that would explain so much. Okay. Now that we're talking. Okay. 
I dated someone, and every Friday we would have tacos, make tacos. But while we were making tacos, and somewhere in that process, we would have a quickie all the time. Sometimes, somewhere in that kitchen, every week. And the smell of carne asada, like the seasoning, taco meat seasoning, I didn't realize it's arousing, but I realized I like like making tacos more than I like making anything else. And you know what? you might be onto something like I didn't really look underneath that thing like I was like it's like a it's like a, a facet of my personality and I like making tacos I do I never looked under the hood of that I never opened the I never looked underneath I was like oh all oh, right because I used to fuck over tacos when I was a boy oh, yeah, but okay. you don't have any smells that like independent like I've never had pumpkin pie sex <laughs> I just feel I don't, maybe it's because it feels like homey and safe and it's like one of those smells I'm, like I'm, uh, maybe maybe one of those really like i'm imagining it would probably if i had to really dig it would probably be one of those strange new york smells like burnt rubber or the smell of your radiator coming on or something like that for the first time in a long time like one of those specific trash city smells that would probably get me going in a way that I haven't even began to um, begin to dig into yet. So you're right, but now I have to think about it. But we do have to move on at some point. But now this is just gonna, <laughs> if I if I pause the show at some point towards the end to point out the smell and just be bear with me, everyone, be patient with I me. Don't. I I want to know other people. So listeners, if you have a, a a sexy smell that gets you a little horny even if it's not associated with sex, like tell me, cause I, I don't want to be the only person that's just like, Oh, if you want to get me ready, some pumpkin pie, it's not even pumpkin spice. It has to be the whole pie. Like the, the smell of the pie baking. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Chime in. I, 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 I would like to hear everyone's responses to this. So what's your handle on Twitter? So everyone can know who to talk to you. I want to get you. At Blasian Bitch. That is Blasian Bitch with a Y. Okay. Not a Y in the Blasian. A Y in the Bitch. Where would you put a Y in the Blasian? One of the things, look up Blasian with a Y. It comes up more often than a little bit is tags and handles and things. It does. Uh, I guess. So Blasian Bitch, Bitch with a Y. Right. Speaking of. kinks even though i do not think my sexy smell thing is a kink i don't know it's a kink no but uh let's do a kink of the week what do we got let me open the big book oh kinks today i chose choreophilia what is that despite the way it sounds it is not the fetish for corgasms it is uh it refers to people who are sexually aroused by dancing and watching dance Ooh, yeah i never thought of that being a thing even though it seems very obvious nor did i ever think there was a word for it but it is choreophilia it's funny um that's interesting so where's the separation between that and just enjoying watching because there's a I don't know where the, the line's so blurry because dancing is attractive and anyone of any size who can move that gracefully tends to look more attractive. 
So where does your admiration of a of a person moving wonderfully starts and the king um, begin? Well, this is specifically dance that is done for erotic purposes. So it is not talking about ritualistic dance or religious dance. It is specifically dance that exists for arousal so um you could talk about uh like belly dancing which was originally like a form of lamaze so for the person doing it it has that function for you know making birth easier but it also exists specifically to be arousing so that would fall under Okaya. Okay. So yeah. what it's interesting. I'm wondering who's I wonder who looks at that and would not like I will I I would like to see the person who's not impressed with it then. Because I it's it's funny, like I said, I'm just interested in seeing where where the line is because I just always found that dancing to be beautiful at worst and arousing at the very best. And I was wondering where is it something you can't look away from anyway. When someone is belly dancing, you really can't wait. You look until they're done belly dancing. So, well, I think it's one of those, maybe, you know, it when you see it, because, you know, I've seen ballet that is, you know, it's, it's telling a story. Mm -hmm. It's very beautiful, but you know, it's not created for the purpose of uh, erotic expression. Right. But there is a series of uh, Japanese ballets that are specifically <laughs> pornographic ballets. Right. Like fully uh, choreographed, orchestrated porn ballets. Huh. Which I have s- s- watched. Right. And, uh, it is the fastest that I went to see the, the making of or the director's commentary for a DVD. <laughs> but then I found out during the making of like, it's, they, they took it like really seriously. So it's just a whole bunch of like ballet dancers, like kind of crying if they didn't get it right. And I just felt bad, <laughs> even though they're like, oh, your turnout wasn't good enough. And they're like, well, I can't penetrate if I don't do that. He's like, but your turnout, sir. And I'm like, this, I don't know what to do with this, but I'm enjoying it for a way different reason than I enjoyed the first part of this DVD. But uh, yeah, so that, that I think would be choreophilia because it is dance specifically to arouse. Also, shout out to that person. If you're doing porn ballet and you have a taskmaster of a, of a director the the professionalism of your erection is top notch because there's no way i'm telling you right now there's no dude that's keeping his erection under the gun in public at work being chewed out by his boss in real time that's a lot of heavy like the, your your erection is under siege in that situation so for you to actually maintain your erection and perform your job that is an incredible level of professionalism on the person and their penis. And I'd like to congratulate them both for a job well done. Like, I don't know if anyone's ever privately told this person. 
it wasn't just two. It was like a whole like cat. It was a cast of a ballet. I mean, obviously there was only like three or four guys who were actually doing it, but they were classically trained like ballet dancers with classically trained directions. So I was like, how did they, how do you cast that? Like, what was the cast? Like we need, uh, we're going to have auditions. Also, we need to watch you like plow a check (laughs) 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 because this is going to be a pornographic ballet. So we need to know that, uh, you know, you got your dance bona fides, but uh, I just really need to see you rail this chick to death. (laughs) Uh, But make it classy. (laughs) Oh, Japanese porn. You are delightful. Never change Japanese porn. I mean, something should change. Several things should change. I mean, okay, so several but things. The porn ballets are here to stay. Yes, the um porn ballets and the um and the um um the sex newscasts, those should stay. I stumbled upon those, and those are delightful. Um, those should stay. I feel like like I actually got to talk to one of the naked news people at exotica she was super cool and we were talking about like journalism and stuff and i was asking her because it's like a canadian thing i guess right but i was like do you ever think like it would happen all the time in america and she was just like well american news is so much death and murder i don't really think it would be appropriate and i'm like you know i can see that well that's the thing that that is what would make the American variant so much better is because it would be positive news with fucking happening intermittently. And that would make it the best news program possible. So we actually have a market for happy news with money shots and some dude railing the news lady. Um, there's a space in it. We could use it. I guarantee you. If you ever speak to that person again, it, we have a space for it. I guess. I just feel like every part of American news, like even sports, like you have to talk about right like all kinds of icky things. Right. But what, what if we didn't? That's what I mean. It, what, there are enough positive things that happen. We can do half hour. We can do a half hour of news and sex. We could. There's a lot of positive things that happen. We just it just doesn't draw on the viewer. But you know, it would draw on the viewer the fucking. So that's true. You only need a good solid like twenty minutes of actual news right because i'm pretty sure most of the broadcast hour is going to be soaked up with the titties and the fucking right so yeah i mean i guess uh i just i mean it's it's to live and fuck in trump's america i just it's just so much yes it's very it's dicey yes i feel like we we had our time for naked news Maybe that was a an Obama era luxury that we we didn't take advantage of. Well, if we get the right president, if we get if we get back on the rails, we can go back to doing just um prop- properly news related kinky things. We can we can't do it now. You're right that that with the we need to give it some time. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, cool. Choreophilia. And what is also interesting in looking up choreophilia, 
I found how American strip clubs evolved. Um, so what happened was they used to have dance halls where they would have their hoot nannies and whatnot. But to get all like the cowboys and workers, they're like, they don't want to dance with themselves. We need to import some women's and stuff. So then they would hire the dancers and the dancers were like, hey, this guy's going to pay to dance. What else will he pay for? I bet I know. So that kind of like bred like brothel houses. But because a lot of the brothel owners were like women, like male owned establishments were like, okay, I'm just going to focus on this bar and I will pay you to dance around the bar. And they're like, okay, I could do that. And then they're like, yeah, make a, you know, do some kind of sexy bikini dance. And that is how strip clubs came around. Which I always thought that strip clubs started on the East Coast. I don't know why that was how I imagined it. But that is all. Well, I guess because the country started on the East Coast. So I just kind of assumed that the first strip clubs would have been on the East Coast. Apparently it was more of a Western expansion type of dealio. I mean, it would make sense because there's a little bit more space for ratchetness that needs to go down. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, it's still like that right now. <laughs> there. Well, yeah. I think the East Coast had a lot of that puritanical thing happening. I mean, the first there. large grab of people were super puritanical so yes um the west coast living in california the biggest thing i've learned is that for the most part we don't have as much gaudy ratchetness but per household the chance that the wife has a boyfriend is up like 40 (laughs) percent than east coast households where like the, the 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 wife has like sex with three black dudes every weekend somewhere in san francisco you know what i mean like it's like that chance of it's it's super normalized here in a way that is not normalized in new york and it is very yeah. interesting so it's like when you say that it tracks given the given how nor how we've normalized some stuff that growing up in new york was just completely shocking here and it's just it, it's rather interesting it's great here you should come <laughs> i wish because i could probably breathe where there's less pollution yeah yeah there are there are there is less pollution here except in los angeles but don't go there everywhere else you're good to go i've been to los angeles a couple of times um i would not survive out there because i don't know how to drive and i should not be behind the wheel of a car (laughs) so i feel like i don't know about that i mean you can't i remember i was looking at a there was a video once of a guy in LA who was caught in traffic and he just rammed into the person in front of him and rammed into the person in the back of him and did this back and forth and then he got out of the car and screamed something and then ran off so I'd like to say that even though you doubt your driving ability I don't think you'd still be on the bottom end of drivers in the region I had a driver's license for three months and I was in nine accidents nine accidents yes nine 
Yes. Mostly uh, just involving the car I was in. One involving, two involving a geese. Uh, Hold on. Wait, wait, was it it other people driving your car or did you actually get into nine accidents? Me driving the car. What were these accidents? Because some of these are fine. Like they're just like driving, new driver mistakes that are normal. I hit a snowbank, the sidewalk, a tree, shrubbery, and the median <laughs> once. <laughs> Just kind of. Did you hit it head on? Pinballing around. Did you hit it head on, or did you like have misjudged the distance? Were you shocked? It was another car coming out of another lane. Oh, I was like the only car on the road. It was so like you, a four-lane road. It was so very oh, empty. So Oh, so you just put the car in the bushes, just unilaterally decided to put the car in the bushes. I mean, that's not where I wanted the car to go, but that is where I ended up. Yes. So there, I'm, I'm. So there was a mechanical problem with the car that prohibited no, you from controlling the car. It wasn't. There was nothing wrong with the car until I got behind the wheel of it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, I failed my driver's test the first time because a goose yelled at me. A goose? At, I stopped the car and the goose wouldn't move and I honked the horn. And it just honked back at me and I just like burst into tears. I didn't know what to do. It wasn't in the manual. Uh, and you can't get out of the car. I was, I mean. I was under a lot of stress. E- <laughs> I was very stressed out. Yeah. year old. How old are you? I was 17. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. When was the last time you drove then? When I was 17. <laughs> okay. Well, what we're going to do, and I always tell people this, it's perfectly fine to take your car and drive it into the river as a teenager, but you must return to the driving as you become older because I will, I'm willing to bet the farm that you are, in fact, not going to put the car in an embankment again. I trust that you won't. I'm not saying... I feel like my anxiety has only gotten worse. <laughs> right, but your ability to navigate it is what is key. Like, when you're younger, your anxiety... Which has tend- also gotten worse. No, no, no. You've, you've gotten more anxiety. Your ability to handle anxiety is great. Because what you tell me is that you were like that exploding robot in Futurama when you were a child. Which is fine. Now you're able to function. You go on Twitter. You go to work. You talk to me. You do the podcast. You're trying to not die, right? Which is good because like more is happening to you, but you're still functioning as an adult as best you can. When you're a kid, not much is happening to you, typically, compared to when you're an adult and you're just out here in the street by yourself trying not to die, comparatively. So when you were a kid, you were like that robot. I don't know. You've met my parents. So there is a lot. Well, they are very <laughs> stressful, but it's still not the same amount of stress as trying not to starve and possibly starving and dying under your own watch. Like when you really think about adulting, it's fucking nuts. Like it's not that far away from Mad Max. Like there are more buildings and ready in gasoline and water, but it's not that much different than what Mad Max does. Well, I don't know how you could judge that because I don't feel like I've been like if adulting is Mad Max, like I'm not a war boy. I'm like one of those people that you don't even see me because I'm like, oh, and Morton Joe was turning on the faucet today. Fuck, I forgot. Like I feel like I'm right. that person. Right. 
Like I'm just dying in the sand somewhere. Right. Yes. And that's the and that's what I mean is that as an as adults, we have such a we have a lower margin of error than when we were kids. Even though, like I said, when you're a kid, you remember it. It all feels more intense. But you're actually under the gun more now as an adult. So I would be willing to say that you can drive a car as an adult years later. I think it'd be worth it. And I think the audience would agree to revisit this like at some point. If I get behind the wheel of a car, I'm going to turn on the ignition. And it's, as I'm trying to take it out of neutral, the car will just combust into flames. Right. And that's a that's like not just me, but like a bus of nuns and puppies and school children. <laughs> you remember, remember, remember destruction mode and burnout? Or you crash mode where you, where you would crash and then like towards the end like a bus twenty meters away would just pop just explode on principle because everything else exploded so the bus would just like roll to a stop and explode. Yeah. So yes, I yes I understand that's what you're concerned. What I understand me being behind the wheel of a car would be. Yes, and I respect that. But that is that is um that is um when you take your childhood anxiety and you drag it all the way to adulthood when you're worried that I'm everyone's like gonna die. Raw dawing reality right now and like the I this the thought of imagining myself driving, my heart rate is like through the roof. But, so I'm gonna say I should probably not be. Uh, be I'm not the saying you car. need to drive a car by yourself. I'm saying is like you get eased up, eased into it. You'd be surprised what you can do. Because I learned how to drive a car at 32 under the worst circumstances possible. Because I learned how to drive a car and then drove immediately cross country within a week of learning how to drive a car. So I drove across several states in several conditions. Just learning how to drive a car, just being comfortable behind the wheel to start the car and move the car within a week. And then I drove across the country. And when I drove, came back and I drove across the country, I was so anxious about driving a car. I did not drive for years later. I just started driving again like last year. And so, yeah, I understand. It's a lot. Driving is a lot. I'm saying I trust you. I'm saying it with with a trusted friend over time. I'm not saying I just start driving a bus now. I feel yeah. I should only be in the car as like a passenger or a sexual partner. Well, there you go. And I even for the second one, I think that the ship might have sailed on that because I'm not as young as flexible as I used to be. You don't need to be. It's perfectly fine. Not a lot. I I've never. I will say this: you also don't need to be super flexible to be a sexual partner in the car. You have hands. And despite I what I feel like at this point in life, who am I fucking that they're just going to be like, I will take a hand job, please. That's not going to happen. Why not? That's a here's a deal. And I say I say this all the time. Don't let no a hand job is still the highlight of somebody with a penis's day for the most part. Like if you're going to work, Though, and coming the last home, date I was on, that's all I got to do. Mostly because it went catastrophically wrong. Like, if I was trying to get my groove back like Stella, I found the concrete opposite of getting your groove back. <laughs> my groove was rescinded <laughs> on this date. Your groove was audited. Yeah. garnished by the United <laughs> States government. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It, it was... It wasn't so... It wasn't that it was a bad date. Uh, I, I decided to try Grinder because all my friends were like, oh, you should get on Grinder. 
but I was like, you are a beautiful trans lady and people are looking for you on Grindr. Like I'm literally everything they say is unwelcomed on Grindr. The rules are no fats, no femmes, no blacks, no Asians. That's me. <laughs> That's just who I am as a person. So I did not think I was going to be popular on Grindr. Uh, but apparently there's enough people on Grindr that you could get a date, even though I I wasn't prepared for somebody to be like, hey, I want to fuck you. And it's like this person, but I digress. So this date, we went to go see Parasite, which I really, really wanted to see from uh, this Korean director who I dig. And it has this Korean actor that I thought was really hot and now just looks like somebody's uncle, which is so sad, but that's just the way it goes. And we, I decided, like, I haven't really worn heels since I was in the hospital. I wanted to feel sexy. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to wear heels. So I've been, like, falling randomly. Right. <laughs> Way more than usual. I think it's because I'm getting a cold. Mm-hmm. And it might be, like, an inner ear thing. Right. So, like, my balance is just shit. So every time I sit down, I'm like situated. When I get up, I'm like, whoa, the world. So I, I basically, um, I, I just looked like uh, a drunk <laughs> or a woman who did not know how to walk in heels. But really, it was just, I'm trying desperately not to just keel over. So that was not something I told my date about. So right. he found out about that. And I could tell he was not feeling it. Literally, he was like, oh, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And I text my brother, like, I think my date just left me. Because I did not think he was coming back. But he did come back. And uh, so he took me to uh, the Grand Lux Cafe, which is classier than the Cheesecake Factory. So I can't complain. Uh, Way too big a menu. But I digress again. And... uh, then we were like, oh, I'll go to his house. And I figure, well, like, bang. So this guy who I thought was older than me was actually only 28 years old. So we had to sneak into his parents' house, mm-hmm. which is not something I thought I'd do uh, at this point in my life. But I took off those heels and tippy-toed. Uh, <laughs> I got to meet his adorable dog named Yoda, who I instantly fell in love with. Uh it, this will be important because it's going to be heartbreaking when you realize I will never see this dog again. But uh, he he put on like anime for me. He was like a total weeb. Mm. And I'm not, you know, no, no knocking the anime fans. But uh, we were like three episodes into something called Demon Slayer or something. Oh, I've watched uh, them. They do a lot of like telling, not showing. But you know not the point so eventually i was like okay i just put his hand on my boob because he's like hovering around that area and i'm just like okay we what is this i'm not gonna watch a whole season of this bullshit i just i just kind of want to get banged out and then leave and feel like sexy and great again but what i forgot was because i decided to wear the heels that i wasn't super confident in I decided to wear like kind of like a a shaper that is more back brace than anything else to keep my body in line. 
Mm-hmm. But then the shaper <laughs> was very hot and I didn't want to have like weird back sweat. So I stuffed some paper towel up there. So where I'm, I finally got this guy to like get it going and putting my hand down his pants. And then he did a thing that's like such a mood killer. He's like, well, I'm not hung. And I'm like, I was going to figure that out. Like, you don't have to tell me. Like, you gotta, you either gotta put that in the advertisement <laughs> or wait until someone brings the food home. Like, it's just, I don't, you can't be in the middle of it and then warn someone. My hand was already around his penis right, you when can't, he said this. Like, you can't do that, guy. You gotta put it in the advertisement if you're that anxious about it. Let him know and put it in the ad. Don't. Mm-mm. And also, I was like, I've been around you for like three hours at this point. I've already figured it out. <laughs> just everything about you. <laughs> so I've, I did. I wasn't expecting uh, a surprise when I put my hands down his pants. Uh, so I was like, "Okay, it, it's hard. That's a good sign." So uh, me and my just devastating fear of intimacy. I was like, "You know, what? I'm just gonna bend over and let him do his thing." <laughs> but when he yanked down my tights, I still had like the back brace thing on. Mm-hmm. Also super unsexy. So then I was like, wait, let me, let's like turn off the lights a little. And I tried to shimmy the back brace off. Mm-hmm. But in doing so, that um, sweat rag that I put kind of draped itself over my butt. <laughs> so he was like, oh my God. And I was like, what? He's like, you have something in your butt. And I was like, excuse me. Cause I was like, I, I would remember if I put something up my butt. Uh, so that I had to run to the bathroom and between my booty cheeks was a sweat rag. <laughs> so now I have this like animu weeboo who thinks that I don't know how to wipe my ass. And I like clean myself up, get dressed. And he was just like, so can you just like Uber home? God damn. And I was like, yep, that is what I'm going to do. And I held my head up high and just stared off into the darkness while I was in the Uber going home. And I was like, yep, that's the end of that. That's, uh, that's fucking... So I'm no longer a sexual being. No, no, that's no, over. no, 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 no. It's I gone. Was, listen, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. First of all, the dude... I'll say this, because these things happen. I do believe he was a little too squeamish, but... For him, for him to be like, well, wait, I'm not well endowed. But then to be like, oh, wait, you have like back sweat. Get out. Well, Fuck. He thought it was toilet paper. There's the deal. It's not. It's not. We're grown people. The first thing you think is that someone has like sweat. You don't. Here's the deal. You you don't think that someone's coming to your house with a shitty asshole first. Like it's a dumb thing to think something else happened. Something else had to have happened. You're not just showing up at his house with a shitty asshole acting like everything is sweet. You're not. We're grown. I could get got. Like, if someone were to do that to me, I would have gotten got. Because I'd be like, I'd go on next week. I'd be like, well, guys, I have to retract my statement about grown folks not having shitty assholes (laughs) and waving them around because somebody got me. I thought they just had a sweaty back. But in fact, no, their butt was covered in shit. No. 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 No, that's on him. And you didn't tell me this part. He had the nerve to tell you 
that his dick is small right before you pull it out, but then he doesn't have any no, patience for you fucking back sweat. around the penis. He doesn't have any his patience. Erect penis. He doesn't have any patience for back sweat. me. Fuck like, him. So he like mansplained his own dick because I'm like, okay, I, I know I'm holding it. <laughs> Dude. Nah, that was, that was, that was, I didn't realize that also he had the nerve to do that right before it's like yeah man bruh for the record guys if you are self-conscious about your dick bring it up early do not wait until tip off don't do that especially if you meet somebody on like grinder i feel like that is the platform where right you can be very blunt about your penis right people are a little too blunt about their penises on grinder though i mean or at least i've been told i'm too blunt about other people's penises oh don't worry about that yeah, I had it, one guy like that just opened the conversation with his genitals, right? Um, and it looked like <laughs> a Pacific geoduck. Everybody, take the time to Google that right now. That is exactly what his dick looked like. And a guy was like, "Oh, fuck up, you fat bitch!" And then he blocked me, and I was oh, just no. like. How can you be in your feelings when you showed me your genitals without my consent? Here's the deal. Yeah, that's the point. You understand that in you are public when you are submitting genitals first before hello, you are now putting yourself up for a unique level of scrutiny that you would not have gotten if you had said hello and had a conversation before you showed it to me your job. Yeah, I just it's an ex- it's it's a unique level of scrutiny. Because you led a conversation with your junk. So then all they have to do, like, we don't critique hello because there's nothing to critique. A dick is a ton to to critique, but there's no context. So all you're doing is trapping this person with your dick and no other contextual information. So then when you get an honest assessment, you then can't get mad because you provided no contextual information. Also, I didn't say like, ew, this dick looks like. I just said, looks like a specific geoduck. Here's the deal. So it wasn't like an accursed, it was just like factual. A cishet dude will never accept anything other than the most sexual description of his penis. I'm telling you this as one. Well, that's why I was on Grinder because they're not supposed to be cishet dude. They're supposed to be like, queer dudes right we're very sensitive about penises in general the whole penis thing is a very very touchy subject for the most part so unless there is a unless there is a um uh rousing review and proper analogy then it's deeply problematic it just just, it's just never met well um there's nothing wrong i mean you could you could fuck a geoduck in fact this describes actually um, my friend's my friend's um my friend's uh boyfriend's dick actually looks like a dick. I never thought like, I thought it looked weird, and now I see why. It's like, okay, a geoduck is actually a really apt description of it. And now I have now I have learned something. Thank you for enriching my life. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I think most like unrequested dick pics usually end up looking like. Though this one, it like had the exact coloring of one. Like it was super pinky, very brown at some points, wrinkly. Right. Like it was 
like if I looked at the picture really quick, that's what I thought it would have been. I would not have guessed human penis. And, you know, I didn't say that in so many words. I just said, you know, it, that's what it looks like. There were no angry faces, no sad emojis. Just, I just said it. And I feel like I was within my right. But there are like a lot of like kind of nasty trolls on Grindr. Right. <laughs> like I had one guy that was like, what are you doing on Grindr? And I'm like, uh, trying to get fucked. Same as you. He's like, yeah, you're like a woman. So what are you doing here? And it's like, uh, cause there's other women that I would like to have sex with on here. <laughs> and then he was mad. He was like, oh, so you don't want dick. And I'm like, not yours. And then he blocked me. <laughs> I like how he started it and then ran screaming away. He got he, he started it. Then got dominated and ran away screaming. Nicely done. Yeah. So yeah, that's what I spend my afternoons doing, just dunking on people on Grinder, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, I we... do I do feel the least sexy I've ever felt in my goddamn life, and it's weird. <laughs> hmm. Especially because I, I cut all my hair off. Um, probably should have put more thought into that. But I immediately got it braided, like right, like the same day I cut it, I braided it up. So I didn't like really look at the cut. It is fucked. So I don't, I don't feel very cute or pretty, and I have to do a, I have to, uh, be on a panel at the Newark Public Library tomorrow. Oh, so that's gonna be great. With the uh, New pop- Jersey Democratic Socialists. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about sex work, socialism, all that good stuff. And I'm going to want to just put a bag over my head, but I can't. You cannot. I don't make the mics all fuzzy. I try to speak with a bag on my head. <laughs> is there any way for anybody to listen? I'm not too sure if this episode is going to be available by the time you do do your uh, give your talk, um, I'm still not sure if it's not going to be a gigantic train wreck because I'm a bit fragile. So, um, well, what is the? What it is will the... be recorded, and I will link to that recording at a later date when it's been edited. I can edit it. I'm an editor. I'm right here. Uh, yeah. So, it's fine. Um, it's fine as long as you don't literally start w- screaming into the mic, like literally just n- and like not even like fall over and they take the mic and move on, but you hold the mic and refuse to relinquish it and just scream into it for forty minutes until they have to call authorities. I can edit it for one, and I think you'll be fine as well. I don't know. I've had. I've had. I have had a weekend <laughs> uh, turning into a whole week. When you see like a thread on Lipstick Alley where people are basically just shitting on your whole life, you're just, uh, it makes you feel not so great. So that's where I feel right now. But like Lipstick Alley is literally the bathroom wall of the internet. So I'm, I'm trying not to take it to heart, but like I am. Like, I don't want to generalize because not everybody who posts on Lipstick Alley is the worst, but like many of them are. 
<laughs> I appreciate you. Like, yeah, a lot of them are terrible. <laughs> it, I just is like it's it's a gossip site, and you know, like I remember when I was in college and I was a shitty person. I thought that shit was cool, and then I was like, yeah, these are like people. I don't want to be mean to people, and I stopped like posting, and I see like people are just still shitting. I'm just like, be better internet <laughs> come on guys <laughs> what the fuck uh they're just like posting about like because it's one thing if it's like kim kardashian or some shit like she she wanted to be famous and that's like her whole deal but if it's like some dick on youtube or somebody who you just follow on twitter like those are not celebrities those are just people right and uh, just shitting on random people that you've never met. Right. That just seems a little, I don't know. I'm not going to say it's beneath me, but I judge people who do it. I mean, at this age, yes, we are. We should be a little bit past um, mudslinging as we are um, uh, all staring into the void. And um, yeah, I kind of just feel like fascism's on the rise around the world. Yes. Yeah. Um, no one has any money. We're an entire country check to check, including the government. And um, yeah. we do not have the time for them. We maybe there was a period of prosperity where we had the bandwidth for mudslinging on the Internet. But now we don't. So it does seem particularly irresponsible to waste your precious time on this planet doing that. So, yes, you should judge those people. And if you're one of those people, you are officially judged. Yeah. Yeah. I just feel like I feel collectively just as a species. Every time we hear about a giant meteor or whatever that could wipe us all out, there's like a tinge of relief. And that should just tell you that we just we just need to be kinder to ourselves. Yes. The empathy we're we're lacking empathy um on a uh, on a uh, large scale. Yeah, I feel like I deserve a pat on the back because I feel like me maybe five years ago would have been posting some very mean things about Roger Stone. Well, that's who not I personally dislike. Well, that's not well, that's not mudslinging if it's Roger Stone. He puts himself out there. He puts himself out there in an impossible way. That's not, yeah. It's not his. Yeah, it's not his fault. I mean, it's not your fault. He's he's kind of a heel. He really is a genuinely awful person. So yes, I've seen him like push a a small lady at a nightclub. Right. <laughs> he's just a awful human being. Right. That's not mudslinging, though. He's objectively terrible. Well, I feel like I, I would have had words. Right. About... There's nothing wrong with that. He's terrible. Uh, well, I think it's just because uh, I saw a lot of people making, like, prison rape jokes. And I was just like, that's Oh, no, that's, 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 like I said, there are levels yeah. to making fun of someone. There are a lot of things that you can make fun of about Roger Stone. We do not need to bring prison rape into it. We have, he is a um, unique individual that gives us hundreds of pages of material if we were to roast him continuously. He has a Nixon tattoo on his back. Like, fuck that dude. Right. Right. 
So you don't need to bring um, prison rape into the joking. And frankly, that's just that's hack material. Just as just just as an audience, just note that if you cannot find five things about Roger Stone to roast at any point in time with even a minor Google search, and then you jump all the way over into prison rape, it's not good. In fact, prison rape is just not a joke. Anybody going to prison that you don't like, it's not it's it's hack material. It's not good. It's tasteless, classless. You can find something else to make fun of. I bet you good money. Yeah. It's, yeah. So I feel very good that I stayed out of that and didn't. Well, that's not much. Just that, kind of went, huh? Yes, well, he is go- going to jail. Well, you have um. You have a gift for scathing commentary without going without um crossing over into problematic material. It is one of your great gifts and one of the great gifts you have for Earth. And it will only mature as you become an older black lady. I'm very excited to hear. I'm very excited to watch this development. So yeah, you've been you're very good at delivering scathing commentary without actually doing anything problematic like well, that. Well, I'm so. trying to not talk about the way people look. <laughs> And I know that's like my I have I have to grow in that sector. Like even my own family members, like I'll I've said some mean things about my dad when people say like, "What does he look like?" I just say he looks like Jay Z doing a racist gesture, but I mean, it's so accurate. Well, that's not that's not mudslinging. Also, I mean, he <laughs> that might is what he looks like. He might, uh, but I also realize that that's not a nice thing to say. Not to say everything nice. Just don't punch down. That's it. You can have as much shit. You can roast every person in front of you. Just don't punch down. That's it. Now you'll find you're not punching down. You might not have a lot to say about the person, but someone like Roger Stone is easy. So, yeah. I just don't. What I'm getting about the whole Roger Stone thing is I saw like a lot of people on like sex work rights Twitter going, I don't understand what he did wrong and why were they talking about his wife and his relationship and i'm like that is so not the point of what roger stone did right like he he literally committed treason it has nothing to do with him being a swinger like that like nobody gives a shit about that like honestly <laughs> it's that whole fucking treason that he committed <laughs> that's what fucked him so. up the treason guys that's what got him yeah not not being a swinger like a, I'd rather not think about Roger Stone being a swinger, but well, that's I mean, if you go, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you, he he is in every he is in every single sex party. Uh, there, Which there is shocks a, people when I tell them like I don't go to swing clubs and sex clubs because like well, you're black, you can't go. <laughs> like I mean, I'm saying that a black lot. and fat, so they won't let me in. Well, no, no, I mean not like, that. Well, it's not that. I mean, like literally, it's not comfortable as a black person to go because if there are too many white people, then you wind up becoming a, you be wind up becoming um a, a zoo animal. Yeah. That they can fuck, and that's not that's not fun. That's not why you go to sex parties is to be treated like an animal. Even if you do, even if they do want to fuck that, I understand you're going there to be fucked, but you're still going there to be fucked like a human, not like an animal. So yes, there's so yeah, it's, it's also I find like the like I feel like somebody where I am at right now, where I just feel like super unsexy, like I'm the prime target for these clubs. 
because there's a whole bunch of people who are trying to prove that they are still sexy. Right. And, you know, with mixed results. And uh, I don't know. I just, it just was never my scene. Also, the DJs always suck. That's one of my main great. Well, the DJ always sucks, and I find the snack selection always lacking. Um, I will say snack selection is poor all the time. Um, also, I will say there is probably difficulty in properly scoring a sex party. Um, I un- say you should have like good beats. And also, if you're going to call it a goddamn bacchanal, like, part of those was, like, indulgent feasts. So you can't give me dry crudite and say it's a bacchanal. Well, then I'll say this. is I went to one where the music was good, but the music was mostly, like, hip-hop. But most of the people there were white. And it felt like I was at one of the... I feel like I was on the set of just, like, a Brian Pumper-type deal. And <laughs> it it was, like, I just... Like, I don't... Like I, I'll own this. Like being oh, no. being I in a room. Remembered. Oh, and it shaved. <laughs> I don't know why that just. You mean the guy who warned you about his uh dick a uh, tip off? No, do you remember um the little porn guy who was obsessed with G Unit, and he made that music video with um the dude from the Matrix's daughter. I remember Lawrence Fishburne's daughter was in a porn i think or video she's also in a porn music video um that was brian pumper and it was like oh and it's shaved that was the name of the song it was horrendous well he's not good my favorite thing was though apparently if you bought one of his album if you you got his album free with porn that was one of my i and i lived in um when i lived in track city um one of my roommates he he got a video he got a video but he also got his album with it he, he was sliding an album in there with his with his stuff his mixtape yeah yeah it was he also would make porn movies and then insert his music into it yes and i'm like I, uh, i'm not gonna say the majority of porn is listened to with the volume off but like a good amount of it is like if I was to try to launch my music career, the background music to a pornographic film is not where I'd start. Well, you have to start somewhere. Like, I see it. It's not optimal, but he has a ready-made audience. And if you're going to engage in an endeavor like that, you need an audience, even if your audience is trying to masturbate and doesn't have the volume on. Um, I would rather listen to Pinky's album than a Brian Pumper album. Um. Yes, I imagine Pinky's actually better than Brian. She is. She actually is, is. much better than Brian. Pumper. I actually don't mind what her songs like. I, it's just on. It was just on my iPod the other day, and it came up. I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. It's cute. I can bop to it. Ah, uh, old world star. That website should just burn in hell. It's deeply. Why is that still there? <sighs> Anyway, we're at our time. So what what do you think was like the lesson for, for this week? We had a few. Um, if you have a penis and you're nervous about it, 
put it in the advertisement, please. Put it on the menu in the advertisement. It looks like um like food allergies. Like this food has nuts in it. This penis is not well hung. And then let the consumer make a decision. Do not slide them the plate and then before they when they pick up their napkin it'd be like, Oh yeah, there are peanuts in this. <laughs> Don't do that. That's a good one. Um if you're gonna have a sex party, like up the crudite, man. You gotta Don't... you gotta splurge on the food, guy. Because the thing about a sex party is there are a lot of people in the dugout. It's like baseball. There are a lot of people in the dugout not necessarily fucking for a while. And you need to be able to feed those people. Otherwise, they're just sitting there in the house just milling around where other people fuck. Which is just like a very uncomfortable high school house party. So you got to feed the people that take a minute to get into the, get into the game. If they do. Yeah. If they I mean, do. if if you're gonna splurge for a venue, splurge for a caterer. Goddamn it! You gotta have you gotta have some food. You gotta feed. There are people who are fucking, and then there are also people who are not. You gotta feed the people. Yeah, half of us are on edibles, so we're gonna need snacks. It's logic. And um, oh, don't uh, don't try to put a uh, sweat rag under your uh girly thing because some weeboo will kick you out of his parents no. basement no 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 that, no <laughs> listen let let if if some shit goes down and it is embarrassing give the adult time to write the goddamn ship be throwing somebody out of your house because there's toilet paper where someone might be sweaty. I'm just saying, like when you're 10, you're like, ew, dookie. But when you're fucking 25, 30 something years old, come on now. Come on. Also, if you're like a 28 year old that looks 38, you should act accordingly. I don't know what that means. What does that mean? He was very immature for a 28 year old. And it was made far worse that he looked like a 38 year old. All right. Yeah. So, got- uh, yeah, those those are our lessons <laughs> for today. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the record, uh, you can reach Angela at Blazing Bitch again. Um, why in the bitch? Yes, and Aaron can be found at A N S Freeman on the Twitters. And thank you for joining us. I'll see you next Tuesday. Enjoy what you heard? Become a Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash unfridays and follow the network at twitter.com slash unfridays you know what makes racists really mad black people having a good time and we really have a good time making these podcasts so if you donate then it's technically the same thing as funding the unhappiness of racists everywhere awesome right you know what to do.